For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What does God look like? Nobody knows. The life and energy and pattern and variety of the earth on which we live has mystery beyond mystery for us to try and understand. And our whole planet is only a little thing in the vastness of the universe. If I try to think about it, It isn't long before I get dizzy. My head feels too small to take in all of that. And yet, what fills up the universe, what gives the universe meaning, is even greater than that. Too astonishing to imagine. The source of everything everywhere, the reason for something rather than nothing, God. The prophet Moses asked God his name once, and God replied, I am. I am what I am, the creator of light out of darkness, life out of emptiness, meaning out of chaos. The reason why we human beings look from behind our eyes and try to understand what we see the reason why human beings long for connection with one another and with the beautiful world, all because of God. St. Paul was thinking about that when he wrote a letter to a little group of the lovers of God in a town called Corinth. We heard a little bit of his letter as our first reading. He was thinking about God as the maker of everything, as the reason why there was light rather than darkness. But he didn't stop there. He said that the light which makes everything live has something to do with human hearts and human faces. He said that you don't have to try to imagine the enormous stuff to know about God. You don't have to make yourself dizzy among the stars or among the atoms. The glory of God shines much closer than any of that in a human face. In fact, Paul tells us what God looks like. He looks like Jesus Christ. He looks like a passionate love for humanity so great that God empties his, his greatness out small enough to become human himself, to be born helpless, to be named Jesus, to be cared for in a family, to grow up to show God's love and power in healing and teaching others, to be killed by human violence and greed to defeat death's power by experiencing its bitterness to the full and yet to rise to new life after three days. 
that Jesus Christ. Paul says that Jesus doesn't just connect human beings to God, he makes being human something that is a part of God. He says that Jesus, who is alive, brings us so close to God that we can know God from the inside, so that he fills our hearts full of his light, weighs us down with the weight of his glory. So then, through Jesus, what does God look like from the inside? Well, it is surprising. It is not superhero stuff. God looks like someone who refuses to defend himself, like someone who uses extraordinary power to heal others, but does not lift a finger to save himself from disgrace and torture. God looks like someone who dies to save his friends, like someone who forgives his enemies the violence they do him. God looks like someone who speaks the truth in dangerous circumstances, whatever the consequences. God looks like someone who has compassion on the weak and the sorrowful, the ill and the dying. God looks like a servant, a criminal, someone homeless, someone starving. God looks like someone's child, someone's sibling, someone's friend. God looks ordinary. His commands are terribly simple. Follow me and learn to love as I love. And his commands are also the most difficult and demanding thing in the world. Follow me and learn to love as I love. Jesus said that to his first companions, and he is still speaking those words to people in our own time and place. He is still choosing disciples, people who are drawn to entering his way of life and to living it out in the places to which he calls them. Eight of them are here today. Susan, Joy, Chris, Jackie, Diane, Hugh, Caitlin and Dagmar. You heard Jesus' call a while ago and your lives have been deepening in dedication and commitment over the years to this day. Your histories, your skills, your difficulties and failures, your heartbreaks and your redemption are part of the great story of God with us. You believe that we are commanded to take the great risks of love if our lives are to have meaning, that love is stronger than death, and matters much more. That we are closest to the God of everything at the times when we feel most helpless to ourselves. That we know God best and meet him most clearly when we forget ourselves and our inward 
nagging demands. That the story of a life lived in Christ Jesus is a story of love, and often of love flowering out of challenging, muddled, mixed, even tragic circumstances. You may not quite know why Christ chose you. You may not quite know, perhaps, how you managed to say yes. This was not a lifestyle choice. It was a calling. You did not choose me, says Jesus, but I chose you. All that's been going on for a while now. So what is different today? What is it about being ordained to the priesthood which alters things for this eight dedicated, already promised people? Well, I can't completely answer that question because the choices God makes are in his hand and in his heart. They're not really about people being specially good at things or even being anything out of the ordinary, although it is about people being special. But God knows what he's doing and we can trust that. And there are a couple of things I can say which also comes out in the vows you're making. You are asking God to inhabit your very being so that all that you do, however ordinary, speaks of his presence and his love. You're choosing a particularly visible and demanding way of doing it under the spotlight of other people's eyes. You're pledging to show something of what God looks like in his humanity and his defenselessness to your generation and your place. You are affirming that God abides in you and you in him. You are declaring that the whole shape of your lives in every part is all about God. You are being broken and given away day by day, until the end of your lives. So, you know what God looks like. Everyone here knows what God looks like, because God looks like a story you know. God looks like a person you love. God looks like an ordinary human face, marked with all the signs of human experience good and bad. God looks like a life dedicated to the disciplines of love in all its joy, in all its heartbreak, in all its sheer hard work. That's not the whole of it, of course. Human beings are as easily flawed or shattered as clay pots. And nobody here made the universe or knows all its secrets. In fact, we are horribly ignorant even of the secrets of the human heart. So the glory we carry is not ours, but God's. He knows that. He isn't expecting us to shoulder anything in our own strength. Instead, God carries us with his grace and it will be enough 
trusting him for everything and giving him the whole shape of our lives, the mess as well as the good stuff, the failures as well as the triumphs, those who love God and dedicate themselves to his service will be lights in the darkness, a kind of mirror reflecting back the face of God to the people around them. Because of these eight people and the promises they make today, more and more people will begin to know what God looks like. Amen.